You're listening to Community Radio for the Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, May 5th. A lake home was damaged in a fire Wednesday shortly after 11 in the morning. Lake area firefighters responded to a leaf fire that grew out of control. The fire spread to a home and garage on English Gardens Drive. The blaze quickly was put out by firefighters and no injuries were reported. This is the second leaf burning fire that's caused property damage in two weeks. A Bayfield man was seriously injured Wednesday in a crash on Ivy Bend Road. 41-year-old Aaron Sauer was driving and was allegedly traveling at a high rate of speed when the vehicle went off the right side of the road. It then reportedly overcorrected, went off the left side of the road before overturning several times. Sauer sustained serious injuries and was transported by MU Air to University Hospital. The Magic Dragon Street Meet is back again. The Magic Dragon is a unique show for all makes, models, and years of show vehicles, trucks, and motorcycles. The show begins today and runs through Sunday on the Bagnell Dam Strip. You can expect over 800 participants and 10,000 spectators at this can't-be-missed car show. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. There is a saying that there is no free lunch, meaning there is a cost to everything, even when it appears to be free. Your free account on social media costs you invisible connections to companies trying to sell you stuff. So it is, even with Key Radio, because there are costs to bring you local programming, and we need your help to pay the bills. If you love our purpose, please donate. If you need to use advertising dollars, Key Radio can give you a promotional benefit of sponsorship underwriting. Key Radio features programs in every area of life, politics, business, family, entertainment, education, faith, and media. In Christian circles, we refer to this as the Seven Mountains. We don't relegate any of these subjects to once a week, and we seek content rooted in truth more than opinion. If you have a message to get across, contact Bill M. at OrionCenter.org to talk about how Key Radio can help. Radio Lake TV sports update for this TGIF Friday. We've got some college baseball and college softball this weekend. Mizzou Tigers 25 and 19 are uh, busy in the middle of a series at home against Ole Miss in SEC play. The MSU Bears, they've been red hot of late, winning 14 of their last 16. They'll open a series on the road against Murray State today. Softball, the Mizzou ladies are 31 and 22. They get a series there last regular season series underway today at home against Arkansas and then they start action in the SEC tournament on uh, on the ninth that'll be played in Arkansas the MSU ladies they've won 21 of their last 23 they open a series at Murray State today and then they move in to the Valley tournament that gets underway 
on Wednesday the 10th in Carbondale, Illinois. High school baseball today, it is 16-8 Eldon, busy against Fatima and North Callaway in the Fulton Tournament. Camdenton is 23-4. They will play at St. Elizabeth, one of the best teams in the state in the lower class schools. That ought to be a pretty good matchup tomorrow. Major League Baseball, the Cardinals have been struggling this year. They'll open a home series against the Tigers today. The Royals, they've been struggling too this year. They'll open a series at home against the A's today. And the Chiefs are into Phase 2 of their off-season workouts. They've got seven new rookies to work into the schedule. The first OTA voluntary workouts will be on the 22nd through the 24th, a little bit uh, later on this month. The Lake TV brings you five local Lake Area shows, including the Classic Game of the Week. That's every Tuesday and Friday night at 8.32, so you can see it tonight. A classic game from recent years, local schools, great matchups. Watch that on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by our media partners at Lake TV. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, Lake TV's got it all, including five local talk shows to keep you informed and entertained. You can also see local high school football in the fall and basketball in the winter. Watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90 or absolutely free on Roku or Amazon Fire and always streaming live at MyLakeTV.com. And if you haven't liked Lake TV on Facebook, be sure you do that too. Key Radio keeps you in the know. The Lake Area Fiber Arts Guild meets on the second Thursday of the month at Community Christian Church in Camdenton from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Members participate in knitting, crochet, spinning, weaving, felting, and more. Meetings include a social hour, business meeting, and guest speaker. Learn more at www.lakefiberarts.com. This message brought to you by Key Radio, KEYK, 89.3 FM.
If you've got a topic you'd like to share with the community, contact us right here at 89.3, The Key. And they're, they're rolling into town, folks. It was great to see them this morning. All kinds of good-looking vehicles that are going to be in town for the car show on the Bagnell Dam Strip this weekend. Man, oh, man. I love it. When I used to live in Sedalia, I would sit right there on Highway 50. I'd get a lawn chair, a cooler of beer, and just watch them drive by. I had my own little car show right there in Sedalia as they were driving by to come to the lake, you know. Obviously, I don't do the beer thing anymore, but still nice to sit around and see all the beautiful vehicles coming into town. We've got the big fishing tournament that's going on. We've got uh, the Homegrown Festival on Sunday out of Dog Days. We've got the Lake of the Ozarks Blue Society Festival going on out at Shawnee Bluff Vineyard. I dare you all right i dare you to come into this town or come into uh, the lake in general and not find something that you enjoy doing if you don't like uh, big crowds hey we've got state parks we've got uh, the park out in max creek we've got the park in camdenton we've got the park in osage beach we've got parks all over the place for you to hang out just go and hike and see the beauty and the nature Man, I challenge you, I challenge you to do something uh, as far as getting out and enjoying the lake area and, and, and not finding something to do. It's it's crazy. You it's know, crazy. That's the beautiful thing about Lake of the Ozarks, man. There's always something to do when, when uh, the weather turns a little decent for us, and, and we can't wait for it. And we're ready to roll. I, I, magic's dragging. I'll be able to go down and maybe enjoy it this year instead of having to run around unlocking everything. I've, <laughs> you know, that would be the place to just set up shop and just park like at one end of the strip or the other Yeah, and hand out cards. <laughs> Somebody's going to need one of these, you probably. Know, that's right. You never can tell. We, we're going to have at least a, at least one lockout during the car <laughs> show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was worth it to bring the family down and find a nice little area and set up, you know, and I don't know, get yourself a big umbrella and some nice chairs and something cold to drink or stop into one of the many restaurants along the Bagnell Dam Strip or around in that uh, particular area, whatever you want to do. Or, or you know what you do is you go to the car show on this side and then you hop on the community bridge and go on over to the other side and get yourself something to eat. I don't know. It's whatever you want to do, man, but it's a cool, cool, cool time. It's a great, great, great time. There's almost too much stuff to do. I'm not quite sure which to go do first. Oh, see, you can't do it all at one time. And, and we had Michael Byington in here yesterday. I don't know if you've ever met Michael. He's a sax player. And he and I have a little history that goes back to where I grew up. You know, we found out that we grew up pretty close to each other yeah. as kids or something. We're about 10 years apart. But anyway, point is is he was in yesterday talking about this Lake of the Ozarks Blues Society Festival. It's going to be at Shawnee Bluff Vineyard tomorrow, or not tomorrow, Sunday, rather, from, I believe, noon until 6. And then you got the Homegrown Festival, and then you've got the, you know, the car show, and then you've got the fishing tournament, and there's places to play golf, and there's places to go just wander around the lake and see the sights, go see the dam, go see Ha Ha Tonka, go to the state no. park, go someplace. There, You've got to be completely and totally just out of your flipping brain if you can't find something to do. Yeah, there's a little parade out in Climax Springs uh, Saturday. Yes. We'll yes. be out there. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, you're going to have great weather to do it, folks. I'm going to tell you right now that Mother Nature has blessed us. 
And the good Lord above has blessed us with some phenomenal weather, partly to mostly cloudy today. That rain that was supposed to come through last night kind of came through. We got some drops. I don't think we got that much. 72 today, cloudy. A stray shower or thunderstorm tonight, a low of 61. Partly cloudy and 89 tomorrow. Partly cloudy and 89 on Sunday. And then we'll clean up the streets on Monday with some scattered showers and thunderstorms, a high of around 80, about a 60% chance for that rain on Monday. We'll get to some sunshine on Tuesday and a high of 85, clouds and 86 on Wednesday. And then it looks like we are going to be in for a bit of uh, a bit of maybe rain and looking at rain chances anywhere from about 50 to 60% from about Thursday of next week all the way back through Monday of the following week. So you're looking at probably around the 11th through the 15th. And uh, there's just, uh, you know, just incredible weather, temperatures. And uh, here comes the season at the beautiful Lake of the Ozarks. In terms of when I say the season, I mean the weather that is very accommodating for uh, not only doing things on land, but certainly doing things on that big old, bad old, beautiful lake. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Here they come. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's coming. It's summertime. Lake of the Ozarks. Fired up. This Fired is the up. kickoff. Good morning, Delta. How are you this morning? And thank you for uh, checking in. Wink, wink. Um, so we've got the presiding commissioner of Camden County in here, Ike Skelton. And he is joining us this morning to just uh, talk about what's going on in Camden County government or whatever you want to talk about, man. You don't have to talk about government. No, you good, cool. Stuff you want to get off your chest or got an axe to grind. Or, I don't know. That's why we bring in here every couple of weeks. Well, thanks, man. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't pay attention to much of anything outside of Camden County anymore. Maybe, I guess. Maybe a little bit up at the state level. Um, you know, the federal government, I just... God, I don't even want to talk about them anymore. It's so dysfunctional and wasteful and useless. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if we could figure out how to do without them, well, I, can, <laughs> I know we can do without them. If we can figure out a way of getting rid of most of the federal government, that'd be our best bet. But, sure. but uh, you know, so, yeah, you know, just um, just keep an eye on what's going around here and um, enjoying, yeah, really am enjoying regardless of uh, anything going on. It's It's still a... It's still a fascinating Wait job a to me, and uh, yeah. Hmm. What do you mean, regardless of anything? That's well, you know, I mean, sometimes you have a little contentious meeting, sometimes you don't, and things get. Would you um, like to talk about that? Well, we could. I don't care, Let's but do um, that's you why. Know, you're... And then you have things like Verigi and and uh, getting into the building is very frustrating, and and I, I know it's frustrating for the public too. And I don't have a lot of good answers for you right now. I figure that by mid-May. Um, definitely by the end of May, everybody will be back into the old courthouse. We're calling it the administration building now. It's not going to be the administration building instead of the old courthouse. Um, we've got the courthouse, which is the justice center. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we have an administration building. So, um, I know that, uh, the auditor is, uh, moving in there now, getting things set up. Um, Oh, let's see. The recorder should be back over there soon. The clerk is in there, but I don't know if they're fully functional. So that's part of the problem, um, getting everything coordinated and, and trying to get in there at the same time, or at least in a time that that we can tell the public that, hey, it's open and everybody's here. So please bear with us for just a little bit longer, as some offices are still not in the what will be the new administration building, and some offices are. So uh, I apologize for that confusion. And 
ongoing problem. We should be able to get it resolved by the the 1st of June for sure. So I think by then we'll be back in there fully. I hope to return to the main uh, hearing room in the administration building um, where the um, commission meetings have always been held up on that third floor in the old courtroom. Uh, We hope to get back into there by next week. As a matter of fact, our next... uh, we have a meeting on the 16th, uh, an agended meeting on the 16th, and I hope to get in there by then so we can, um, uh, it'll be a pretty, pretty good meeting, I think. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about security down uh, on uh, the tip of HH, down there, what I call the peninsula um, of HH, and um, talk about a few other things. So I'm hoping to have us back in there by the 16th. Security. Mm-hmm. Are you talking down uh, around like what uh, Shady Gators? So yeah, there had there had been contracts before with uh, Shady Gators and security with um, uh, uniformed officers, usually off duty. And um, you know, one of the things when I came on board was I wanted to look at all the different contracts and things that were going on. And and um, I was told that I had to resign every contract, and and maybe that's true. I never really saw a statute that I don't believe says that. But you know, if there's a contract that was still in play. I it's still legal, but we did look at a lot of different things, and a lot of things are yearly. So, um, you know, we've looked at uh, some of those security contracts. You know, the amphitheater has uniformed officers over there, and it operates in a particular way. And then we have um, uh, a, a contract with Shady Gators that was a little bit different. So uh, that was a point of contention to some folks, and it still is to some folks. So we're looking at a, another way of being able to uh, resolve some security matters at the end of HH uh, without uh, some of the misgivings that folks have uh, with how it's been done before because we didn't have a good method of paying those officers and some insurance and some things, liability started to come into question. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we looked at those contracts, didn't like the way they were, and now we're trying to come up with something a little different. I see. How does the share factor in all of this? Well, I mean, it's his troops, right? So um, he needs to be on board with, with whatever's coming up. We need to compromise and, and figure out how we're going to make things work. It's still the uh, contrary to some belief. It is still the responsibility of the commission to uh, sign those types of contracts and authorize those sorts of things to occur. Um, so, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be a part of it. We're going to figure out how to work together with it, and um, we'll go from there. Was the sheriff not happy about things uh, as far as does he like the current setup versus what it is that uh, you might want to come up with in the future? I think one of the biggest issues is that uh, a lot of individuals in, in, in county government and the sheriff maybe specifically uh, are not used to folks uh, in the commission office. Um, looking at what they're doing and paying attention to what the budget is, paying attention to where monies are being spent, uh, paying attention on on how things are being used and done and contracts and, and how uh, uh, business is basically being conducted in the county. So, um, you know, maybe just the fact that we're asking questions and looking at different things and, and uh, again, questioning how things have always been going, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that puts a wrinkle to some people. They're not used to that. Uh, and and Upsetting uh, the apple cart to Well, some you know, I, I'm not trying to upset the apple cart. I'm just starting to, I'm trying to be one of the folks that are helping pull that apple cart because I think before, um, I, I, I mean, I've just observed it. I'm not I'm try- trying to go backwards, but I've just observed it, and and things have been 
neglected for some time, you know, and so, and, and, or it's, uh, and I told Tony Helms this a couple of months ago when we first started talking about a contract, I said, uh, uh, even Laneg, you know, I questioned the Laneg and, uh, the, that's the Lake Area Narcotics Task Force. Mm-hmm. Um, none of this stuff should be just a rubber stamp, uh, because that's how things wind up getting too big in government. That's how we wind up spending, uh, you know, a few trillion dollars at the federal level because nobody questions things. Uh, they want their own little thing done. So they let you do your little old thing. If you let me do my little old thing, and and now everybody's doing their little old thing, and and we got three trillion dollars in debt, at, at, you know, every year at the federal level, and and down at the state and county level, we ask for more and more money all the time. So um, I think it's our responsibility to look at how things are being done. And I, like I said, I think that uh, it's just new. You know, it's not an. If somebody thinks we're upset in the apple cart, it is what it is. But otherwise, it, it's just something new. It, it's it's an attention uh, that I believe we're supposed to keep. So um, these companies that hire the sheriff's department to use for security purposes, do they obviously pay for them? Oh, sure, of course. Yeah. Sure. So where's the hang-up? Where, uh, well, there's there's uh, two different ways you do things. You either do it in uniform or you do it out of uniform. Right. And if they're out of uniform, that's on that officer's time. Um, they're not on the on the uh, payroll for the county, and uh, they make up the uh, rules or however they want to with their employer, as it were. And this has been going on for the dawn of law enforcement because law enforcement traditionally doesn't pay a whole lot of money, so you do some private security gigs on the side, right? Mm-hmm. Um when it comes to uniformed officers, it's a little bit different because now the county is a part of what's going on. Uh, they are obviously uh, a county employee when they have a uniform on. Uh, so now some different rules come into play. Uh, we have to look at whether they're going to be covered by insurance. Whose insurance is going to cover them? What are the duties that they're going to have to do, especially in a, an establishment uh, where they're serving alcohol or what have you? And you know how is it all going to look? And those are important things that need to be uh, worked out between uh, the sheriff's department, that entity, and then the county is there for uh, the commission is there to oversee things. Mm-hmm. To to uh, again, it's a check and balance on government to not just let everything because uh, we're you know we sign for the insurance and we're responsible for the insurance for the counties. So. Uh-huh. so do you feel as though um, it should be a non-uniformed type of a situation or? For security purposes, and I think maybe it adds that element that, okay, we've got people here, and you can see them plain as day in uniform, so that is a psychological aspect of what it is they're doing. If it's the amphitheater, if it's Shady Gators, if it's any other place that utilizes uh, the, the sheriff's department, having them in uniform establishes a presence. Absolutely, 100%. Just the uniform and the badge in and of itself is a deterrent to things that may continue on otherwise. So you, I'm sure, are well aware, you know, guys would go into a place, people would go into a place, and and uh, they're drinking a few and starting to act a little bit tough and big because they're tying it on good. And, you know, the security guard over there, well, I can take that security guard. What's he going to do, whoop me and throw me out the door? Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing. But when you see a badge... That's a different story. They can take you to jail. Mm-hmm. That can be a serious. You got a serious problem when you're when you know in that instance, right? right. So it's not civil anymore. It can become criminal very very quick. So. Um, 
in instances such as uh, uh, the amphitheater, um, let's say, well, Magic Dragon Car Show this weekend, how many people are going to be walking up and down that strip? And uh, so how many uniformed officers are going to be nearby to see what's going on? They're not going to be working in someone's bar, but they're certainly going to be on the strip uh, uh, as a presence to help deter certain things, crime. Mm-hmm. Right. So when uh, you know you go to St. Louis, Kansas City, you go to, to uh, Bush Stadium, you go to... Uh, uh, the outdoor, um, oh, I don't know their amphitheater out there, what the name of that is anymore. Riverport. <laughs> yeah, okay, Riverport still. So you go out there, there's going to be uniformed officers everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to have a whole lot of difference here um, at the amphitheater. Those folks reimburse the county. Those individuals are on county time, they're county officers, and they're in uniform. And for the most part, they don't really, uh, for the most part, they're there. I don't want to say they don't do anything. That would be disrespectful. But they're there. They don't. Uh, I don't believe they do the wanding of people as they come through, they just stand there. Um, and I could be wrong. Maybe they do do the wanding. But for the most part, I don't believe they do that. And and for the most part, you see them standing around the back, you know, and, and just being there. So if something were to happen, otherwise the private security takes care of all the problems that they have uh, until something gets so out of hand that you have to have law enforcement. Again, it's their presence. It's mostly just their presence. So, so down on the peninsula, the rub was... That uh, these officers were uh, were being employed by shady gators at that time, uh, you know, years past. That uh, they were in uniform. Uh, how they got paid uh, wasn't probably the most appropriate way uh, to ensure liabilities and all these other sorts of things. So. We have to look at that different, and now uh, we're talking to some folks at uh, uh, maybe Camden-on-the-Lake to see if they wouldn't mind assisting in security uh, in some capacity, and we may come up with an agreement. I don't know yet. We're, we're working through all of this, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of parts. You know, my other uh, two colleagues, they need to weigh in and how they want to see it, so that's why we're going to have a big meeting on it and talk about it and hash it out. Uh, and figure out something we're going to do at all. But I believe that having an extra law enforcement presence uh, on the, the tip of HH out in that area is is vital. Uh, it's very important, especially on Fridays and Saturdays. So if we can come up with some sort of an agreement similar to the amphitheater that allows for a couple of extra uniformed officers and vehicles out in that area on Fridays and Saturday nights, the typical party time, uh, and they're maybe reimbursed by Camden-on-the-Lake and Shady Gators, Horny Toad, whoever wants to uh, pitch in to help that security a little bit, then it'll probably be reimbursed very similar to the way the amphitheater. The schools have done it before with with Camdenton City officers. Uh, I'm confident uh, School of the Osage has done it with Osage Beach officers and so forth. So um, it's not something totally new. It's just a, a smarter way of doing it. Well, I guess if it saves the county money, that's probably the uh, the end-all, do-all. Well, and, and uh, providing the security that's necessary for everybody that comes down here to have fun. Right. You know, And I think that's a very important thing. If you get to a point where um, we have this uh, huge party atmosphere at Lake the patients Yogos. are running the asylum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and we get that attitude down here that, uh, you know, yeah, it's the party capital, but it's also a, a crime problem. Well, then people are going to stop coming here, and it's not going to be a party area, and it's not going to be Lake of the Ozarks anymore. So we have to be able to provide um, that uh, security that folks uh, are looking for, and at least, uh, at, at least in a presence of, of uniformed officers is a good thing. I would also... Add to the conversation, <clears throat> the residents that live in and around the area, because sure. for a long time, 
certainly when you talk about what goes on out there on HH, uh, you know, there were a lot of people that really didn't enjoy waking up in the morning and finding somebody passed out in their front yard or uh, property damage or things like that. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you obviously, you know, would, uh, would be in favor of doing anything that uh, the citizens ask you to do because if they are full-time, even if they're part-time, it makes no difference. That's if right. they have an issue or a problem, and they need someone to respond, well, then that has to happen. So rather than um, letting it spill over too terribly much, you put a little uh, uniform security in there, and uh, again, it establishes a presence. And, and as you said earlier, somebody who might think that they could take on the security guard and win uh, wouldn't do that to a uniformed officer with a badge. Sure, and uh, you know if you're coming out of these facilities and you've seen an officer uh, drive through the parking lot, uh, you know every ten fifteen minutes, you don't know when they're going to come back again. You might think twice before starting that car and driving down the road while you're drunk. Sure, you know you might call a cab or an Uber or something. So, and you know if, uh, you know private security can't do anything about someone being passed out on your front yard because they walked from that facility and you know keeled over. In, in your in your driveway or something gotcha. of that nature, you know. So private security can't handle that. Private security can't handle uh, or do anything about property damage that may occur uh, in in and around the area of these party establishments. So um, I think for for the best for security in that area, um, I think it's better to have a few uniformed officers. If we can have um, a private entity help pay for that, you know. I'd, I don't see so much a downside at this point, mm-hmm. you know, but we're going to talk about all that stuff. All right. Well, and, and when is this meeting set to happen? I think that meeting is going to be the 16th okay. of May. All right. And that should be our first one back up in that courthouse room. Well, and it, it, it gives everybody an opportunity to get all their ducks in a row and come in all prepared with all the information oh, sure. they need. And, sure. and I want input. I want input from both sides. You know, I want input from all over and, and really try to get a good feel on, on how this uh, how this could work and, and whether it's a smart thing to do. I know some people call it a public-private partnership, and to some extent it is. All public-private partnerships are not bad. Many of them are. Um, and I think it's a difference between what level we're on, too. When you talk about uh, federal uh, private partnerships, public-private partnerships, I think some of those can be a problem. And I, you know, even... Uh, since, since I mentioned it, uh, I think things like uh, private uh, probation and parole uh, is not a good thing because, in my opinion, if the government can't handle the rules and the laws that they're putting on folks, um, maybe they shouldn't ask the private sector to deal with the probation and parole of it, you know. So, um, so there's some things like that that you can consider. Caller, we're at the bottom of the hour, so this is what I'm going to ask of you. If you would uh, call or give us a call back on the other side of the break. We also uh, had somebody stop in here this morning and drop off uh, uh, a little something-something. We'll uh, we'll get to that as well, yep. and we'll talk a little bit about it. And uh, again, caller, I would ask uh, if you would please, you can stick with us through the break, or you can... Uh, and give us a call on the other side. I will. I will say that probably, if you'd like to get uh, uh, get a word in edgewise, it'd probably be better to give us a call on the other side. We have to take our bottom of the hour break. We'll do that now, and when we return, more with Ike Skelton. And uh, as the caller helped me out with uh, here this morning, uh, your phone calls are welcome at five seven three six three three fifty three ninety five. You are listening to the Daily Show on Key Radio.
Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, May 5th. A lake home was damaged in a fire Wednesday shortly after 11 in the morning. Lake area firefighters responded to a leaf fire that grew out of control. The fire spread to a home and garage on English Gardens Drive. The blaze quickly was put out by firefighters and no injuries were reported. This is the second leaf burning fire that's caused property damage in two weeks. A Bayfield man was seriously injured Wednesday in a crash on Ivy Bend Road. 41-year-old Aaron Sauer was driving and was allegedly traveling at a high rate of speed when the vehicle went off the right side of the road. It then reportedly overcorrected, went off the left side of the road before overturning several times. Sauer sustained serious injuries and was transported by MU Air to University Hospital. The Magic Dragon Street Meet is back again. The Magic Dragon is a unique show for all makes, models, and years of show vehicles, trucks, and motorcycles. The show begins today and runs through Sunday on the Bagnell Dam Strip. You can expect over 800 participants and 10,000 spectators at this can't-be-missed car show. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Key Radio keeps you in the know as we make improvements to better serve you. Because many of you listen online, we've re-engineered our website. You get there on the web at keyradio.live or through our iPhone and Android apps, Key Radio, K-E-Y-K. From the app, click the WWW Globe symbol to see our full site. There you can listen to live radio or call KB during the daily show or see our schedule. And don't forget that beautiful donate button. Then there are menus. Click News Weather to get your daily dose of what's happening. You can also drill down in the Key Radio link to learn all about your favorite shows, make a donation, or sponsor a show. You can also read Bill's blog and follow the social media links and notice how we highlight our sponsors on each page. It's all at your fingertips, whether you have a laptop, tablet, or smartphone. It's all part of how Key Radio KEYK staff wants to serve you. Radio Lake TV Sports Update for this TGIF Friday. We've got some college baseball and college softball this weekend. Mizzou Tigers 25-19 and 19 are uh, busy in the middle of a series at home against Ole Miss in SEC play. The MSU Bears, they've been red hot of late, winning 14 of their last 16. They'll open a series on the road against Murray State today. Softball, the Mizzou ladies are 31-22. and 22. They get a series there last regular season series underway today at home against Arkansas and then they start action in the SEC tournament on uh, on the ninth that'll be played in Arkansas the MSU ladies they've won 21 of their last 23 they open a series at Murray State today and then they move in to the Valley tournament that gets underway on Wednesday the 10th in Carbondale Illinois high school baseball today it is 16 and 8 Eldon against Fatima and North Callaway in the Fulton tournament. Camdenton is 23 and 4. They will play at St. Elizabeth, one of the best teams in the state in the lower class schools. That ought to be a pretty good matchup tomorrow. Major League Baseball, the Cardinals have been struggling this year. They'll open a home series against the Tigers today. The Royals 
They've been struggling, too, this year. They'll open a series at home against the A's today. And the Chiefs are into Phase 2 of their off-season workouts. They've got seven new rookies to work into the schedule. The first OTA voluntary workouts will be on the 22nd through the 24th, a little bit uh, later on this month. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including the classic game of the week. That's every Tuesday and Friday night at 832. So you can see it tonight. A classic game from recent years, local schools, great matchups. Watch that on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your key radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by Adair's Wildlife Removal Service, offering affordable solutions for all of your residential and commercial nuisance animal problems. Adair's keeps the wildlife where it belongs, in the wild. Serving Camden, Miller, and Morgan Counties. Online at adairs-animals.com or call 573-378-8739, 573-378-8739. I'm Bill Mundhausen for Creation Expo. Did God create us to have free will, or are all our choices predetermined? Are we just pawns in a cosmic game, or do our thoughts and actions matter? It's one of those questions we have regarding an all-powerful God. To answer it, I'll quote one of my favorite passages from Deuteronomy chapter 30. It reads, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you might thrive. We're not just playthings for God's entertainment. He wants us to understand the choices before us and to decide to follow him for our own well-being. The question is what believers ought to believe. The world wants to tell us we're victims, that the difficulties we face are because of how we were raised or because of our social status. These may be good excuses, but they don't help us live life to the full. God gives us infinite choices. Choose purposefully. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. Key Radio keeps you in the know. Sunrise Beach Little Theater presents a musical production of Cole Porter's Kiss Me Kate on the evenings of May 10 through the 13th at the Sunrise Beach Community Center. Admission is $20, including dessert and coffee or tea, and you may bring your own bottle and snack. Doors open at 6 p.m. and show at 7. RSVP at 573-836-0934. Message brought to you by Key Radio, KEYK 89.3 FM. We're happy to be the Lake Sounding Board. Community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. Right back here at 838 on The Daily Show. And uh, I know for a fact that we are going to have some uh, great guests for you next week, including Anne-Marie Bianchi, who is uh, coming back to enjoy uh, this this great new segment. I, I, and I said to enjoy, I enjoy the segment that she does. She goes out and... 
uh, searches out local businesses and uh, the owners and talks about uh, the business and uh, the personal aspect of uh, the owner and uh, their faith and how it all kind of just comes together. And I think it's great. And so I would say that... uh, it is. Uh, it's going to be a great opportunity. Professor Paisley on next week. Mindy Sales will be back, and then I've got some other guests I'm working on, including our hometown boy Joe Grafman, who is right now taking part in this uh, fishing tournament that's going on this weekend at the Lake of the Ozarks. Be interested to kind of catch up with him. We had him on uh, several months ago, and uh, what a great young man, 23, 24 years old, and has just got uh, a good outlook on life. Right now, let's uh, take a look at things. We've got some clouds, 59 degrees in Osage Beach, 72 the high, 61 the low. And Ike Skelton is with us, the presiding commissioner of Camden County. Caller, if you're out there or anyone who would like to talk directly with Ike, you can do that at 573-633-5395. We had uh, a gentleman drop off uh, some information here. And let's talk a little bit about that before we uh, take phone calls or continue on. Sure, sure, sure. So, yeah, so, um, and this has happened, this started coming about um, last year, honestly, around December, I believe, there was a meeting at the Oats Building at uh, uh, Keystone Park there in Camdenton about uh, Tunnel Dam, and Show Me Electric said that, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, I guess it's not being profitable. Some people say that it's because they're not able to operate as well as they could operate because of some federal rules or what have you. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't know about that. We're going to find out about that. But they had a pretty good brief- briefing at the time, and I wasn't even in office yet. And I kind of quipped that, you know, if you guys really want to run this thing and, and the feds are trying to tell you to shut it down, if you really want to run it, why, maybe the county would buy it and you'd operate it so um that was just kind of a i don't see us buying a dam don't misunderstand but uh <laughs> uh but uh you know it's just something I don't know, something i threw out there um so evidently they are going to decommission this and there's a process they have to go through and they they uh, said they had to draft an application which <laughs> i didn't know this i think that cost them a uh, a million something dollars to even do that I don't know, it's kind of crazy but uh, anyhow and evidently the um the the federal energy regulatory commission uh which i don't understand where they get their authority from uh but they're not in the constitution that's a fact so they say that they want the dam removed and uh and drain the lake and then to establish some riverine habitat uh i would imagine that riverine habitat is there just fine now has been since the dam's been there 100 years everything is probably just fine over there with that little habitat so um i'm gonna go to this show me owns it so um you know they're gonna do what they're gonna do what they have to do uh you know they can't lose money on it i understand that concept uh if they're not running at full capacity because of some federal rule i would encourage them to uh, ignore that federal rule and continue to operate as they want to but i don't think they'll probably do that um so we have no way to protect them if they would do that from the federal government but anyhow um I'm just of the opinion that FERC doesn't have any authority in, in Missouri, for sure, Camden County. So if you want to come here and you and come to this meeting and and uh, show some support for Tunnel Dam and you want to keep it in place, uh, there's going to be an open house May 10th at noon to 1.30, and then May 11th from 5.30 to 7. So um, 5.30 at night to 7 at night. 
um, and then noon to one thirty on May tenth. So, um, and I guess they're going to have catered by Bandana's barbecue there. So, <laughs> uh, there's another reason to show up, right? They they ask that you RSVP, but it's not necessary uh, at Tunnel Dam at ShowMePower dot com. Tunnel Dam at ShowMePower.com. That's S-H-O-M-E Power.com. So um, that's what's going on with that. Um, and uh, we'll see how it goes. I I believe that the dam will stay in place. It's been there 100 years. I don't know what its life is. I don't know where it's at as far as stability. So those are some of the things we'll have to learn. And... You know, if it is ready to fall apart, would it be better to uh, intelligently de-engineer it, as it were, versus letting it blow on its own? So, right. I, yeah, I don't know. But what, what listening to, you know, I'll believe, show me pretty much what they'll tell me, and uh, I might believe some of the state guys, but I've got no regard for the feds. Very good. All right, folks. So uh, there you go. If you'd like to come out and find uh, out more about what's going on. So we got a comment here. It says, uh, based on what we were talking about last uh, segment, before we took our bottom-of-the-hour break, uh, the school is not comparable to Shady Gators or any other private establishment. It is government, and it is certainly, uh, or it uh, certainly isn't selling liquor by the drink, not to mention, with all the school sh- shootings, it is an, uh, an entirely different animal. So I don't think that uh, that's comparable and I said to someone on Facebook yesterday, my biggest wish with local government is that not one official makes a decision based on how things are done in Kansas City or St. Louis. Well, uh, you know, it's just um, I'm not trying to compare the two. It's just that there is a uh, uh, there is an ability to do things like that. There's a mechanism, you know, um, just because it's two government entities. It's my understanding you still have insurance concerns and everything else. So um, and I'm. I'm the only comparison to St. Louis and Kansas City was the fact that, again, at those venues, you're going to see uniformed officers at any big event like that. And most of the big events, uh, even around here, I think. You know, how many officers are involved in the shootout? I don't really know, but I know they put up an entire um, uh, emergency thing out there. And, and the, uh, uh, you know, the sheriff's department's emergency vehicle is out there waiting to, you know, in case something happens or, right. or something goes on. So um, I guess they're not paid by anybody. So maybe that's the rub. And the alcohol maybe is the rub. So, you know, we'll find out what people want to do, I suppose. And if, you know, I guess if there's really that much opposition to it, uh, then maybe it won't happen. But well, decisions uh, you know. haven't been made as of yet. It's still the, the, oh, fact, absolutely. the no, yeah, there's no de- aspect of this. And- yeah, there's no decision at, at all. No, uh-uh. No, no. This is no. This is all all in the infant stage of it, um, and maybe it won't work. Maybe it won't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. I, I have no preconceived notions on how things are going to go. So, um, there you are. We'll find out. Alrighty then. Uh, moving on. Anything else of uh, significance that we need to discuss here this morning? Well, in again, terms the, of, yeah. The, the, you know, we talked about the move in for the uh, for uh, the area over there for the for the administration building. I met with uh, Danny Rieger with um, uh, Mo yesterday and and Tim, uh, the uh, head of their Camdenton shed, and a couple other men that were working over on the Grand Glaze. 
um, and uh, met them out on Y Road and La Pointe. There's evidently a lot of water that collects there when it rains heavily mm-hmm. and some problems. So we met out there yesterday and looked at it. Uh, they are uh, they're committed to do a little re-engineering on how the water flows through there and to help us out. And uh, our road and bridge guys need to put in a another culvert just a little bit farther down from there and replace the one that's there. It can't handle the volume of, of a water flow. Uh, so we're looking at uh, getting that squared away so water doesn't run over the road down there anymore. Um, they're doing some other good uh, uh, good road work. We're doing some things on gravel roads that um, has been a test, uh, and it's, uh, it's a way of capping the roads and making them smoother and more durable, and it looks like it might be working. Uh, we're going to continue to test that throughout the year and uh, let it go through a season of winter for blading and whatnot and see if, uh, if that will help out uh, or if it will hold up to that. And if it does, we'll start doing it uh, uh, all over the county and uh, capping our roads, the gravel roads, and making them a whole lot better for travel and, and uh, a lot smoother. I like the way they uh, took care of the road, and, and I think a lot of people, that was uh, kind of an added bonus if you came out to uh, what they had going on with Easter Egg Hunt and Max Creek. You got to see that uh, stretch of road that the county worked on, and it looks awful darn good, and certainly it is uh, something that I think uh, is going to last probably a little bit longer. Well, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's what we're uh, we're trying. Uh, uh, a young man from the South Shed brought that up, as far as I understand, and, and tried it on some of the roads that he was responsible for and found out that it's working. So uh, we've directed them to expand that to a few more roads to see if it'll continue to work there. And if it does, like I said, we go through a wintertime, it'll probably be something we'll start doing to all of the roads in the county, gravel roads in the county. Well, it is, uh, again, an opportunity to, uh, you know, give folks a little bit better product. And I think overall that's essentially what uh, people would like. And now that the um, 3% sales tax is in place, are there any plans being made to continue with a 3% sales tax sure. from, from sure. Uh, the, the April election? <clears throat> And that uh, money that's uh, coming off there from uh, are coming, not coming off. It's not coming off. No, it's going on. It's going on <laughs> uh, to uh, recreational marijuana. Yeah, from recreational marijuana to uh, assist road and bridge. Mm-hmm. How much is that? Do you think is going to help? I don't have a clue. Right. I, I honestly don't know of any numbers that we could even gauge right now. Um, if I suppose if. Um, uh, if the three dispensaries in our area, I went and asked them, and they wanted to give me their sales numbers for recreational marijuana for the last couple of months, mm-hmm. we could gauge something, but I haven't done that. I don't know that it's, I don't, know, I, I don't need to know what they make. It'll come in as it comes in, however it does, and then we'll start seeing some numbers. I don't even believe it goes into effect until November. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, you you, you got to be looking at this from a, a couple of different uh, points of view. Uh, is there a need to upgrade equipment? Is there a need to get more equipment to make things uh, run a little smoother? Or is it essentially focusing on uh, the roads and bridges and making sure that they are uh, passable? Well, you've got to have the right facilities to work on the right equipment. So you have to have good equipment to work on the roads. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to have good facilities to work on that equipment and uh, to have your your folks at and to store things and what have you. So it's not a one-piece it's it's all the pieces need yeah, to be you right. need to be a little better. Um, so we're looking at a lot of different uh, 
lot of different possibilities. Now, the the shed down in um, in the South Shed, as we call it, there in Camdenton, um, you know, walking through there, it's been around a long time. It does not have some of the modern tools that could be very beneficial for the mechanics down there and other operators to work on their equipment uh, to load out different things. You know, they swap out a lot of different equipment. They'll um, uh, their trucks that have the snow blades on them and the salt spreaders. They take that stuff off during the summer and use it for regular dump truck activity. So all of that has to be put back on when it comes to winter time to to uh, blade the roads. Um, so. They need to have those facilities to work on. We probably could use a few more folks. And we're considering doing something out at uh, uh, J and Highway 7 with that piece of property we have there. With uh, It's got a bunch of rock on it now and then just some, some uh, debris and spoils from some other work. So we're looking at a possibility of having uh, a... I don't know, maybe another rock uh, or another salt dome or something out there so that it'd be um, closer to the folks that we have to um, have to serve in that area and not have to haul salt from the north or the south shed out that way. Uh, and maybe another couple of equipment uh, uh, sheds so that we can store some things there so that we don't have to road everything uh, so far. So we've got some ideas we're, we're tossing around and, um, you know, have to see what kind of money does come through when uh, when that kicks in, the three percent kicks in on recreational marijuana. See what we can do with the budget otherwise for monies, and um, you know we got to be able to figure out what we can accomplish. You know we can have a lot of big dreams like you do at home, yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, uh, your budget uh, determines what it is you're going to wind up doing with that. So how much is actually done in house as far as uh, mechanical things and uh, maintenance, and how much is uh, I don't know how much is uh, contracted out of house. Most of all the routine maintenance is done in-house unless it's under warranty then it goes out um and a lot of the big stuff is done in-house if they can handle it they'll pretty much do it um they believe that that's beyond their capabilities or it winds up getting into some you know heavily diagnostic thing that you need a whole bunch of different uh, electronic tools that the uh, manufacturer would maybe have then we'll take it over there so i guess the the key is is like anything else, to sit down and, and, and work with the folks that uh, utilize the equipment every day and understand what it is they're doing and how maybe uh, the purchase of some new equipment might be a little bit more efficient, might add to uh, not having to contract out for dump trucks or, or whatever else that you sure. use. But at the same time, you know, you want to be able to provide decent uh, roads for the citizens. And so there's that fine line that you, you really have to walk. I mean, more or less, uh, you know, people don't care sometimes about uh, what's going on as far as what the county's dealing with. They just want roads that they can travel over and and, sure. or, and bridges as well. Sure, sure, yeah. And, you know, we're focused on that a lot. Um, we're really looking at things to see how we can do things more efficiently in road and bridge and, and where we can scrape some more money to throw at it um, so that they have better resources to do things. It's going to take a little time, uh, but we're getting there, you know, trying some new ideas. And uh, uh, we're definitely looking at uh, some training. We've, um, you know, 
you know, we want to increase our safety. So we had a meeting not too long ago with our workman's comp people uh, that are giving us some tips on uh, different things, safety classes that we can do to not only help the safety of, uh, of our people, but every time that we have a workman's comp claim, our insurance could go up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they score it in different points and however that all works, it works. So if we can keep our claims down, then eventually our rating will drop and or go up whatever way is, is better for us and uh, we'll start spending some less money on the insurances so um, a lot of little little minutia things that maybe haven't been looked at before we're starting to look at some of those things now and just different ways to do things well i guess only time will tell yes that's basically where we're at with all that's of this. kind of where we're at yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. see what uh, kind of money you're able to bring in and then uh, figure out how to utilize it utilize it to the best of uh, everyone's ability absolutely yeah mm-hmm. So that uh, I guess pretty much uh, kind of is. Is there anything else that we want to we want to touch on this morning? I mean, we've uh, kind of hit on uh, some of the big three, if you will. Um, well, yeah, not a lot. I mean, yesterday we redid the contract for Max Creek, and instead of it being every year, we've done a ninety-nine year lease now with them, so that uh, the community community park out there, so people that might want to invest in it uh, can do so and and know that the county's not going to you know, come take it back right away. So uh, we don't want the park back. It's okay. It's, right. it's great where it's at. They're doing fantastic things with it, and that's where we'd like to stay. Um, I went out to Max Creek for the... Oh, I went out to Climax Springs for the uh, uh, the FFA banquet. They have a yearly banquet. And I tell you what, it was incredibly refreshing and uh, to see these young folks hold meetings, very similar to the way we were, mm-hmm. uh, to have a treasurer and a secretary and a vice president and a president, and and uh, how hard those uh, kids are working on their agricultural uh, things and the awards that they're winning around the state and how they're participating. Uh, so that was a good time. Hats off to uh, Climax Springs FFA. Well, and uh, and we had Laura Burns in earlier to talk about the project that she is uh, is looking at uh, trying to get off the ground. Yeah. And I know they've got a, a pretty uh, serious deadline coming up. I believe it's in June as, tr- mm. as far as trying to get money together to secure some land sure. to open up this facility for a, uh, a park. And uh, I, I say a park, more fairgrounds. like a fairgrounds. Yeah, fairgrounds. Yeah, so absolutely a good opportunity to, uh, uh, to see something that, uh, in, in my opinion, would be extremely beneficial. And uh, definitely make sure that, uh, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've got this facility. You talk about the FFA kids in Climax Springs. I don't even know where they have to travel uh, to do some of the things that they have to do. Maybe they've got a facility close by in and around that area. But we know that uh, uh, the goal of this facility is to be a multi-purpose, multi-use facility, not just for uh, a county fair, but, uh, of course, FFA and 4-H. And sure. Probably any other group oh, yeah. uh, as far as the high school is concerned that would uh, would like to use it. Yeah, and I know Camdenton uh, has a good uh, program. I haven't been able to be involved with them yet. Uh, a lot of places to be, and uh, so I'm sure I'll, I'll – you know, get involved in them with them just a little bit and find out what their program is too. But yes, yeah, so all of the uh, various agricultural programs around the area would benefit from a uh, a county fairgrounds again one time, and and then we get to do some truck and tractor pulls too. So that'd be cool. The good if old they get, truck if they can make it happen. The good old days of the truck and tractor. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't been one of those since I think. Uh, Last one I saw was at the state fair. Yeah, yeah. Be nice to bring it a little closer to home. Sure, they do. They do a good job down in Laclede County, but why don't we do it here in Camden County? Yeah, yeah nothing wrong with that. Well, it's certainly uh, something that I think uh, is doable mm-hmm. with the the right people on board. 
And I think, again, um, their hope is, is is not to have to utilize a whole lot of government money because once you do that, obviously, yeah. it comes with all those wonderful strings attached. Sure. Got to have this, got to have that, got to do it this way, got to do it that way, get some private investors on board, and uh, then you can more or less point the uh, ship in the direction you want it to go. Sure, right. Yeah, so it would be much better if it's, it's privately funded. I know they're, they're uh, trying to give away na- naming rights to, I don't know, buildings or the track or whatever the case might be. So, yeah, there you are. I think that, uh, again, this facility could prove to be so very beneficial on so many different levels for the uh, the county and certainly surrounding areas. Uh, you know, you've got uh, a number of schools that participate in FFA, and I don't know how big FFA is, um, I want to say, in, in, in some of the bigger cities. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, uh, but obviously in this area where as soon as you get out of the lake area, you start to see farmland uh, galore. Oh, sure. Sure, yeah. And, you know, that's another thing about Camden County. You have uh, the lake, obviously, but there's an awful lot of land out there with an awful lot of good cattle on it and um, that they're raising and and doing other things. So agriculture is a big deal here in Camden County as well as the lake is. And um, Jim Sherrill with the Farm Bureau, local Farm Bureau, is um, they have some folks that are going to come around and uh, ask them ask us some questions and, and maybe do a little video thing uh, featuring Camden County uh, as an agricultural uh, f- um, magnet, someplace that, that uh, you know, we, we they voted in Ag Ready uh, last year and uh, to now work with those folks in the agricultural community to uh, highlight Camden County and maybe bring in some more agricultural concerns uh, and uh, expand our our agricultural footprint uh, best we can. I think it would be neat to do something out in, uh, uh, you know, we could do have a railhead in, in Richland and maybe a meat packing plant out there would be kind of cool. You know, one of these more private meat packing plants. A lot of the big producers are getting together and, sure. uh, you know, trying to do something. So, I don't know. I, you know, any way we can promote agriculture in Camden County, I think it's a good thing just as we promote the lake. Very good, sir. Well, as always, we appreciate your time, and uh, we'll let you get back to work. Thanks for having me, my friend. Have a good weekend. Hope you get down to us. Uh, maybe I'll run to you. Yeah, where show. do you park up there? Where, where are you going to park? I think oh, you can hey. park on either end. Either end, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, good. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll start at the top. <laughs> Start at the bottom and go up so that when you've walked all the way up, it's not so bad coming back down. Turning yeah, back around, that might let, be, that's a good idea. Let gravity be your friend. I, lo- I like the way you're thinking. Much like I do. There you go. <laughs> it is straight up nine o'clock on the Midwest Coast, and guess what? We're going to step aside. And when we come back, Dave Moppin is going to join us. We'll get uh, our uh, journey, uh, a great journey it will be among the dogwoods with Mr. Moppin, and we'll let you know how you can uh, subscribe to his blog. And we thank him, and we thank you. You are listening to The Daily Show on Key Radio. You're listening to Community Radio for the Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Stage Beach, Missouri. Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, May 5th. A lake home was damaged in a fire Wednesday shortly after 11 in the morning. Lake area firefighters responded to a leaf fire that grew out of control. The fire spread to a home and garage on English Gardens Drive. The blaze quickly was put out by firefighters and no injuries were reported. 
This is the second leaf-burning fire that's caused property damage in two weeks. A Bayfield man was seriously injured Wednesday in a crash on Ivy Bend Road. 41-year-old Aaron Sauer was driving and was allegedly traveling at a high rate of speed when the vehicle went off the right side of the road. It then reportedly overcorrected, went off the left side of the road before overturning several times. Sauer sustained serious injuries and was transported by MU Air to University Hospital. The Magic Dragon Street Meet is back again. The Magic Dragon is a unique show for all makes, models, and years of show vehicles, trucks, and motorcycles. The show begins today and runs through Sunday on the Bagnell Dam Strip. You can expect over 800 participants and 10,000 spectators at this can't-be-missed car show. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. There is a saying that there is no free lunch, meaning there is a cost to everything, even when it appears to be free. Your free account on social media costs you invisible connections to companies trying to sell you stuff. So it is, even with Key Radio, because there are costs to bring you local programming, and we need your help to pay the bills. If you love our purpose, please donate. If you need to use advertising dollars, Key Radio can give you a promotional benefit of sponsorship underwriting. Key Radio features programs in every area of life, politics, business, family, entertainment, education, faith, and media. In Christian circles, we refer to this as the Seven Mountains. We don't relegate any of these subjects to once a week, and we seek content rooted in truth more than opinion. If you have a message to get across, contact Bill M. at OrionCenter.org to talk about how Key Radio can help. Radio Lake TV Sports Update for this TGIF Friday. We've got some college baseball and college softball this weekend. Mizzou Tigers 25-19 and 19 are busy in the middle of a series at home against Ole Miss in SEC play. The MSU Bears, they've been red hot of late, winning 14 of their last 16. They'll open a series on the road against Murray State today. Softball, the Mizzou ladies are 31-22. and 22. They get a series there last regular season series underway today at home against Arkansas and then they start action in the SEC tournament on uh, on the ninth that'll be played in Arkansas the MSU ladies they've won 21 of their last 23 they open a series at Murray State today and then they move in to the Valley tournament that gets underway on Wednesday the 10th in Carbondale Illinois high school baseball today it is 16 and 8 Eldon against Fatima and North Callaway in the Fulton Tournament. Camdenton is 23-4. They will play at St. Elizabeth, one of the best teams in the state in the lower class schools. That ought to be a pretty good matchup tomorrow. Major League Baseball, the Cardinals have been struggling this year. They'll open a home series against the Tigers today. The Royals, they've been struggling too this year. They'll open a series at home against the A's today. And the Chiefs are into Phase 2 of their off-season workouts. They've got seven new rookies to work into the schedule. The first OTA voluntary workouts will be on the 22nd through the 24th.
4th, a little bit uh, later on this month. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including the classic game of the week. That's every Tuesday and Friday night at 832. So you can see it tonight. A classic game from recent years, local schools, great matchups. Watch that on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by our media partners at Lake TV. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, Lake TV's got it all, including five local talk shows to keep you informed and entertained. You can also see local high school football in the fall and basketball in the winter. Watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90 or absolutely free on Roku or Amazon Fire and always streaming live at MyLakeTV.com. And if you haven't liked Lake TV on Facebook, be sure you do that too. Key Radio keeps you in the know. The Lake Area Fiber Arts Guild meets on the second Thursday of the month at Community Christian Church in Camdenton from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Members participate in knitting, crochet, spinning, weaving, belting, and more. Meetings include a social hour, business meeting, and guest speaker. Learn more at www.lakefiberarts.com. This message brought to you by Key Radio, KEYK, 89.3 FM. If you've got a topic you'd like to share with the community, contact us right here at 89.3, The Key. Guess what, folks? It's 908, and you are uh, listening to The Daily Show, a great program. I've got uh, confirmation that we'll get uh, Rick Bryant in here on uh, Tuesday. He's going to come in and spend an hour with us. So we've got uh, Anne-Marie Bianchi on Tuesday at 810, Rick Bryant at uh, 910, and a whole host of other folks that we're working on getting on uh, the uh, the station here, whether it's behind the mic or uh, on the phone, however they'd like to do it, we certainly appreciate it. Much like our uh, next guest, Dave Moppin, who we will talk with here in just a few moments, wanted to get.
get you updated on the weather forecast and the weather pictures we had into the weekend. Some great weather for the uh, next three days anyway, partly to mostly cloudy and 72 today. Uh, some clouds and a stray shower or thunderstorm possible tonight, the low of 61. That rain chance uh, at about 25% for tonight, so it's not likely that a whole lot is going to happen. Still probably a good idea to keep uh, keep vigilant. Stay aware. Partly cloudy and 89 on Saturday. Partly cloudy and 89 on Sunday. Some scattered thunderstorms on Monday. Sunny and 85 on Tuesday. Mostly cloudy on Wednesday. And then we uh, see a period uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and into Monday where we do have anywhere from about 50 all the way up to a 60% chance for some scattered showers and thunderstorms and temps in the low to mid 80s through that extended period. Period. Of course, uh, that looks to be Thursday the 11th through Monday the 15th. So all in all, not too terribly bad at all. 9.10 is our time. Dave Maupin is here, and uh, David is a uh, comfy 60 degrees right now in Osage Beach with some clouds. Are you seeing all the cars that are uh, in town for the big car show? Have, I have seen some, yeah. yeah. I've seen some out there. Do you have a, a particular favorite when you were growing up as a kid? Uh, anything that really uh, kind of sticks in your mind? Uh, did you like Chevelles? Did you like Chargers? Did you like uh, Monte Carlos? Uh, Char- uh, what did uh, I say? Barracudas? I, like, I, like, I think I like the older Mustangs. Yeah. late. 60s Mustangs. A fastback, maybe? Yeah, or, I, like, I like the front ends, like certain front ends. You yeah. know, the, But the Mustangs, I think the way the headlights look on the fronts is very important if you're a Mustang fan. You remember being a kid, and as you got a little bit older, uh, after looking at these cars and kind of hanging out, you could always tell if it was coming at you or in your rearview mirror, what kind of a car it was based on the headlights. Yeah, exactly. You could always tell what it was. Yeah, now, a lot of them are nice. Now, not so much. No. No. Not really. Not but, really. Are you no, it's trucks. I think the pickup trucks are maybe the distinctive. Like you can tell Rams from Fords and uh, Chevys. I think mm-hmm. I can. The Rams have that distinct look to them. I think. Pretty much so. Especially out here, I think pickups are generally a common vehicle. Right on. Right on. So we got Cinco de Mayo. See. <laughs> I've been talking about this. He said, I think that's the fourth or fifth time he said Cinco de Mayo since he's been excited. here this morning. So, yeah. So, Cinco de Mayo is an interesting holiday, right? Because right. yeah. we do it to celebrate the margaritas, right? The invention of the margarita. But no, not really. Uh, people don't realize, I think, a lot about where Cinco de Mayo actually comes from. Uh, and I think I've heard people say it's like Mexican Independence Day. Uh, it's, it's actually an um, interesting story behind Cinco de Mayo. Um, Back in like the 1860s, uh, the the leader of Mexico decided uh, they owed a lot of money to European countries on loans, and he said, uh, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take two years off from making our loan payments on these loans." I see. And uh, France, Spain, and England said, uh, "Yeah, we want our money." So they sailed over to Mexico, and they said, "We're here to negotiate uh, this. This we've noticed you haven't been sending your payments in a timely manner, and we're here to discuss it with you." And the I think the English and the Spanish were kind of like, "We're not trying to invade or anything, but we really just want the money to start coming in." And then France said, "Oh no, we are here to invade." And France yeah. basically invaded Mexico, and so they fought the Battle of Puebla. In 1862? Yes, sir. And it was basically just uh, an attack on the Mexicans. The Mexicans were all like in forts and stuff. Uh And they managed to fight off the French, and it was this big victory. Uh, What people don't mention is the French came back the next year and did capture Puebla, and then they captured Mexico City, Mm -hmm. and then they took over Mexico. So they put 
then they got this moron, uh, an archduke from Austria, to agree to be the new emperor of Mexico. So the French put him in charge. Uh So he was in charge of Mexico. And, of course, you could imagine the Mexicans were not super thrilled about this new leader, who probably, frankly, did not speak any Spanish in all likelihood, spoke German and French, probably. But he had French troops that were basically there to make sure that everyone would listen to him. And he kind of got away with it because at the time, too, uh, you know, we're talking like 1864, the U.S. Civil War was going on at the time. So uh, the U.S. had other things on its mind other than what was going on in Mexico. And uh, but I think around 1865, 1866, the French realized, okay, this just isn't working out for us. So they're like, oh, we're going to pull our troops out. So we're going to be leaving now. And uh, uh some Confederates actually came down to Mexico and offered their services because the war was winding down in 1865. Uh-huh. So like Joe Shelby and his cavalry units actually marched south across the border in Texas and into Mexico to basically see if they could, you know, get a job fighting for the... the kind of like Archduke. mercenaries. Right, exactly. Like yeah, Because they didn't want to go back to the U.S. And yeah. so uh, they were not well received, I think. I think they stayed down there for a little bit and then they came back. They didn't want to stay in the U- the United States because were they considered criminals and uh, were being hunted? Well, yeah, I guess they were rebels. Yeah, you know, rebel, they were rebels, rebel, and sure. so they heard they were. So, uh, and then uh, 1867, uh, the Mexicans got a hold of the Archduke, and didn't go very well for him. I believe he was executed by firing squad. That'll happen. So, I mean, hopefully, by the I'd like to think that by the end he he'd learned some Spanish. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> but that's it. So that's what that's what Cinco de Mayo is about. It's to celebrate the Battle of Puebla, where they fought off a bunch of French troops and then later on lost the city. Is it kind of like uh, some of these other holidays that we have in place that are misunderstood? Or uh, in in this instance, when we talk about Cinco de Mayo, there is absolutely no conversation whatsoever regarding what you just talked about. This radio, this radio program might be the only one that's actually discussing this today. It's, hey, you know, how can we move product? Well, it's, yeah, so it's interesting because the one of the reasons it became popular in the U.S. is I want to say it was like... Uh, Eisenhower, he has this good neighbor policy where they they promoted this holiday because they wanted to kind of build more connections between uh, Mexico and the U.S. in like the 50s and 60s. So it was kind of that's how it kind of got adopted as a. Would have been American nice if that would have worked out. Yeah. Well, who? Now, well, now we have. There's quite a few Mexican people living in the U.S. So I heard an interesting statistic yesterday that on a daily basis they detain somewhere in the neighborhood of 7,700 people coming into this country illegally. Now, I'm sure it's not all Mexicans. It's probably people from Haiti. Haiti, the Haitians are, are, are big at, at trying to get into this country as well. Venezuelans, too. I saw there's a lot of Venezuelans. Venezuelans. And then now they say when Title 42 goes away, that is uh, that is uh, going to jack the number to about 11 to possibly 16,000 a day, depending on. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So that's it. This might be the last Cinco de Mayo we have before Title 42 goes away. So drink up. Drink up, everybody. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a good holiday. I mean, I enjoy it. Like, we came from California. We were obviously, it's much more celebrated just mm-hmm. because, you know, you have a, a, a higher Hispanic population. Um, 
but you know, my family's also from Mexico, Missouri. So it's funny that like, I know uh, some tequila companies have occasionally sponsored Cinco de Mayo parties in Mexico, Missouri. It's kind of like a thing like, Hey, we're in Mexico. And they, like, they try to make this big deal about the fact that it's this town in the middle of Missouri. I was just going to say, do they have, does, do you have like a sister city in Mexico or something like that? Oh, yeah, for so, Mexico? Yeah. Does Mex- I don't know. That's that's a good question. Yeah. I, sometimes they the, do that sort of thing. I'll check with the Chamber of Commerce. Appreciate that. <laughs> I know you'll be getting right <laughs> on that. sister it, works it, for it, it, Well, <laughs> there you go. Next time you got to call her and ask her, you know, how things going, right. I'll throw that in there. It's a small town. So uh, it is 917. Would yep. we like to uh, venture into the most recent blog? Is, is, now, I saw the new one that came out. Do you have more than one or just the one? Uh, I think this one is going to take up most of our time. Okay. So I think uh, this is the May 2nd. This this has been, I wrote, I wrote this one uh, a couple days ago, and this has been probably the most read article I've ever written in all the two and a half years I think I've been writing about commission meetings. Outstanding. So there was a lot of visibility on this um, and we can discern a couple of reasons why probably after we've talked about it that sure. this might have been so popular with people but the one previous that was most popular was uh, uh, Caleb Cunningham's gun raffle. That story was very popular. Sure. Uh, but this one has broken and shattered all the records. And Lake Sun actually ran on a, a, an article about it today too. So two days, two days too late. Among the dogwoods, beat him to beat him to the draw. That's the advantage of being on the internet, right? I don't have an editor. Maybe that should be something that you look into doing. You know, helping out the the local media sometimes. Yeah. You know, I've I've had people complain before. They're like, "That's not you're you know you're biased or you're." I'm not a journalist. Right. I'm a writer. So I try to explain to people like when they're like, you know, you've always got an opinion and you know, you, and I'm like, yes, exactly. That's what I'm doing. Like, I'm not trying to, I've, I've never pretended that I'm trying to be like a reporter really right. as much as I'm writing. Yeah, I do. Now I try to separate the opinions sometimes. Like I'll try to write it out. Sometimes you, you, I don't need to give my opinion. I mean, like on this one, uh, people can come to their own opinions about mm-hmm. how this all went down, but, but yeah, this is the. May 2nd, 2023, Camden County Commission meeting. Just days ago. Just days ago. Feels like it was yesterday, but it wasn't. It was a couple days before yesterday. Uh, So uh, this was... And may I add again, happy Cinco de Mayo. That's right. That's right. It's only once a year, folks. Uh, So... There was a couple of things that came up initially, and a lot of this stuff. It's funny because uh, a couple of these uh, these items, I had some somebody call me the next day and say, "Hey, I wanted to clarify this one thing about a road," and I was like, "Yeah, I don't think anyone's really going to care about the road. I think everyone's going to be 100 percent focused on the argument between the sheriff and the commissioner that happened." But uh, we'll go through the basic stuff first. So, uh, Camden County EMA had uh, they wanted some money to load test their generators. And so uh, Commissioner Skelton was basically complaining about the fact that, you know, uh, just to get the $1,200 in the federal grant to, to load test the generators, you had to sign off on like 42 different federal policies and rules, like for handicapped wheelchair access law and for, you know, that. that to test a generator? Yeah, there's like all these, you know, you, the Americans with Disabilities Act, and you got to sign each page is a different federal requirement that you've, you know, are you skin mole testing or whatever. It's like. So uh, he was basically like, if it was only $1,200, his opinion was, let's just skip the federal money and just pay with county money so we don't have to sign off on all this this junk right. that has nothing to do with what we're trying to do. Sure. Um, but then it turned out uh, the director said, well, we've already gotten approved for it, so really you guys are just signing to say 
we can use the money. Mm -hmm. So then they're like, okay. So they just signed it. So that's it. So they're going to load test the generators and apparently the feds are paying for it. So uh, the second agenda item was an agreement between the sheriff and the Ozark Amphitheater. Mm -hmm. Um, This is for security at the amphitheater. Um, I guess there's, I think that we have two contracts that we do annually. We do one with the sheriff, we, uh, not we, but the sheriff's office does one with the amphitheater where they have uniformed deputies uh, with their patrol cars and they, they get paid, I think, uh, around $45, $50 an hour, which is about twice of what, twice what they normally make. And they, they can work it like a security for the event. Sure. And I'm not sure where they work or uh, on, on the property, but uh, the other one is with Shady Gators where I think there's four officers or four deputies that get paid similarly to uh, work over at Shady Gators outside in the parking lot, outside Shady Gators. So uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, issue with the amphitheater idea with the commissioners. Um, Commissioner Gohagen did question, there were two sections in the contract. One of them said that the county would hold, would indemnify uh, the amphitheater and hold them, or, or the, yeah, the amphitheater. And there was, the, then the next section said the amphitheater would indemnify the county and so he was confused why these two uh sections were basically each each signing group was uh holding the other one blameless and indemnifying so he had a question about that and uh so when he was asking about it he also said he didn't feel that camden county should be subsidizing their deputies out to private businesses and then this caused like a uh, a shouting match between the sheriff and the commissioner so uh, I can run through it. Uh, this would be fun. I, I think someday we should do like a dinner theater where uh, we have different actors read off these things. Like mm-hmm. maybe we could find like uh, transcripts from lawsuits against the county and each one could play a different role and we'll read it out and act it out on stage in front of people. Okay. So this this dialogue is uh, basically the sheriff said, can I ask why? And and Commissioner Gohagen said, because we're not doing it. We're not offering it for everybody. And uh, Sheriff Helms says, yes, we are. And so that's the question. So we are offering these, uh, so breaking this down, are we offering these services to everyone? Because I, I know people who've called the sheriffs and asked for if they can also hire off-duty deputies in uniform with patrol cars, and I believe they were told that they couldn't. So it seems like, as far as we know, these are the only two uh, that are currently going on. But other businesses should, according to the sheriff, they're willing to do this kind of deal with uh, any other business. So if businesses want uniformed deputies, they should contact the sheriff's office and see if they can do a contract and and get the uniformed deputies there. Because the question is, why these two businesses only? You know, that's what people always ask. Why why does the amphitheater get to hire uniformed deputies? Um, You know, why does Shady Gators get to hire uniformed deputies? See, the only thing with that, though, is I I, I believe that you would run into an issue with, you've only got so many deputies. Right. And so then, you know, everybody, you know, wants uniform security at some point. It becomes a scheduling issue. And then do you then, uh, you know, do these folks end up getting enough time off? I mean, right. I'm I'm a perfect example. If it's on a volunteer basis, that's the way I think it's good. Of doing a lot of side hustles. I mean, yeah. I have my main gig and then other things along the way to make, uh, you know, extra money. Cinco de Mayo parties, DJing. No, I, I, I didn't get asked to do, <laughs> to do any of that this year. But, you know, if you need me last minute, I, I, I could probably come up with something for you. Well, yeah, so here's my opinion on the thing. Uh, and I have some experience with this because, like, I was a supervisor, a law enforcement supervisor, and, and I've done a, a lot of uh, 
judicial system investigations, I guess we should cause that. So sometimes I've been in on investigations where we can see where off-duty jobs for law enforcement can go wrong. You know, um, on the pro side, I think it's a good opportunity for officers to earn extra pay. Sure. Especially if they're getting paid, in this case, more than their normal salary. Um, I, I And you, like you said, as, as long as it's a volunteer basis, I mean, if they're making guys go work it, I don't think that's okay. Right. I mean, because then it's basically like an extra patrol position. You're not, it's not an off-duty gig if you're saying, hey, we got to have mandatory overtime here. You guys got to sign up for these. We need four guys to go work over at Shady Gators. Mm-hmm. And if no one signs up, we're going to start drafting people who are off. We're going to call you at home and have you come in and work it. Uh, I don't think that's good. No. And so the the downside of it is, and this is not necessarily in this case, but first of all, they're paying for the uniform. You know, so well, while some people might say, oh, you know, they can work off duty and it's the same thing if they're in plain clothes or if they're in uniform. Wrong. If a deputy's in uniform working off duty, that has a much bigger impact for security than if it's just a guy wearing a security jacket who happens to be an off-duty deputy. You know, people are less likely to mess around with a uniform deputy, you know, even no matter how much they've been drinking. I've got shirt. A couple of shirts at home that say event staff on them, you know. Right. But, but that doesn't make me the expert. Right. And my, my point is that. I, I could be just, you know, picking up trash. You know? They're they're paying for the sheriff's office. Right. Like, that's why they're paying for these guys. And it's that's why they want them uniform. Because it does, you avoid a lot of trouble having the, the deputy in uniform as opposed to having a security guard shirt on or something. Um, the so So there's an issue there with insurance. And the sheriff even mentioned it when he was discussing it with uh, the commissioner that, uh, you know, you're still a police officer 24-7. So whether you're working an off-duty gig or whether you're on duty in your patrol car, if a crime happens, you have an obligation to go try to prevent it, stop it, make an arrest, uh, whether you're off-duty or not. You can't be like, oh, I'm working at the bar. I can't go. I see some lady being attacked across the street. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to go over there. you got to go take action. And so by doing that, you also assume liability, right? So now... Uh, and that's going to be something uh, that that could bring in the county's insurance and and other issues like that. So that's the downside. Another downside issue is, and what we saw sometimes with off-duty gigs where I used to work is when a guy's making a lot of money at an off-duty gig and he's not making, maybe he makes $25 an hour working patrol, he's making $60 an hour working at this bar or Mm -hmm. club you start to get some mixed loyalty issues, right? So if you're always wanting to arrest people at the club and call 911 all the time on issues, that looks bad for the club. The owner's not going to want security guys who are going to do that. The owner's motivation is to keep things quiet and peaceful, doesn't want a lot of response coming out to the club or the bar, because um, sometimes that can be bad, whether it's for their alcohol license or other issues. If you, know, if you have a trouble club that always the police are getting called there, right. um, that's bad for the owner. So now you have an owner who's maybe saying, hey, if this guy's always calling 911 or he's always arresting our clients, I don't want him working this gig anymore. I want a different deputy. I don't want this guy here. So you you get guys who can have split loyalties because they want the extra money from the off-duty gig. But, you know, they're, you know, it's kind of like where's your, where you, where's your motivation there? So, and that's what happens. I mean, in L.A., we had the famous issue where Death Row Records had uh, – Compton police officers and Inglewood police officers working security for them. Uh, so they were working security for Suge Knight and all these guys, and they were all off-duty police officers. So it's like, 
So how are you going to handle those guys when you you know they're all their all their securities off off duty police? Uh, Rafael Perez with the Rampart scandal, his buddies were all working off duty for uh, one guy was we we've talked about on the show the guy who was uh, driving Suge Knight's uh, wife around was an off duty LAPD officer, and he got into a shooting with another undercover police officer and was actually killed while he was bodyguarding her, um, and then nobody knew. And so so the the way you control that is you have a policy where uh, they have to, what, what way we did it was annually, uh, officers had an, an outside employment form that you had to complete mm-hmm. and you either said where you were working off duty or you checked a box that said, I'm not working off duty at all. Mm-hmm. And so that way they could look and say, okay, here's where you're working. You signed this and we signed off on it. Or that you might say, you might look at it and say, we don't want you working at this particular place because maybe we've had a lot of vice complaints there. Maybe we've got an investigation in there. Maybe there's a criminal investigation that we're doing into that club owner. We don't want our own cops working the front door when we're also trying to investigate the place. Or it might just be like, that's not the kind of liability that we want to assume because this happens to be a club where we know a lot of gang members go to and there's shootings there. We don't want our department to get sucked into that. Do you think it could happen on this level like that? I mean, are there clubs out here or, or bars out here where there probably is stuff that's not on the up and up going on? Uh, it depends on... Depends on the location, probably. And it depends on the crowd, sure. Yeah. I mean, there probably are some places where you would not want... I mean, do we want uh, off-duty deputies working at a strip club as security? Maybe that's not something we want to happen. Maybe we don't care about that. Now, do they do this uh, if, if they... Because well, it's interesting that how you brought that up. You said, well, you can either write in where it is you're working off-duty or, you know, or just check a box that says, I'm not. So the guy checks the box, says, I'm not, but he's doing it anyway. Right, so then you get a call and patrol goes out there and you find out one of your guys is working off-duty yeah. there. Well, what if he's out of uniform? To, for us, Does it didn't make matter. Any difference? In fact, we were not allowed to work in uniform off duty. Hmm. We had to be plain clothes. And in, in Los Angeles, it happened quite a bit where uh, celebrities would want private security. Uh, they liked the fact that they had police officers of private security because, mm-hmm. you know, it's harder to carry under uh, concealed carry in California. But if you had police officers, they could conceal carry no problem, you know. And then if an incident happened also with the police and your security team are also LAPD officers, it's much easier, you know, that interaction is much smoother because mm-hmm. they all know each other. You right. know? So that was that was a very uh, a lucrative off-duty gig in Los Angeles was working private security for like a movie star or something like that. That go. was a very common uh, job. But but yeah, so that's the problem. So you want to know where your guys are working so you don't get in those surprises. And yeah, will some officers lie? Sure, but then you've got it on paper where they filled it out. They said they weren't working there or they were working somewhere else. Then you could then you can either discipline them, fire them, because technically they lied on the mm-hmm. form. Um, and for us, uh, the saying in our department was, you lie, you die. So if you lie, you're fired. Like, even if it's over something really little, because once you lie and we get you in an internal investigation, like, uh, I've investigated cops where if they had just told the truth, they would have maybe gotten like three or four days off. Yeah. You know? And they just, just, you'll hear them, you'll be questioning them, and you're like, please just tell me, your your internal voice is just saying, please just tell me the truth because we got you dead to rights, and you're only going to be looking at like four or five days off if you just admit this, and they just won't do it. Let's take our final bottom of the hour break. We'll come back and talk some more with uh, Dave Maupin and uh, continue on with our journey among the dogwoods here on The Daily Show on Key Radio.
Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, May 5th. A lake home was damaged in a fire Wednesday shortly after 11 in the morning. Lake area firefighters responded to a leaf fire that grew out of control. The fire spread to a home and garage on English Gardens Drive. The blaze quickly was put out by firefighters and no injuries were reported. This is the second leaf burning fire that's caused property damage in two weeks. A Bayfield man was seriously injured Wednesday in a crash on Ivy Bend Road. 41-year-old Aaron Sauer was driving and was allegedly traveling at a high rate of speed when the vehicle went off the right side of the road. It then reportedly overcorrected, went off the left side of the road before overturning several times. Sauer sustained serious injuries and was transported by MU Air to University Hospital. The Magic Dragon Street Meet is back again. The Magic Dragon is a unique show for all makes, models, and years of show vehicles, trucks, and motorcycles. The show begins today and runs through Sunday on the Bagnell Dam Strip. You can expect over 800 participants and 10,000 spectators at this can't-be-missed car show. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Key Radio keeps you in the know as we make improvements to better serve you. Because many of you listen online, we've re-engineered our website. You get there on the web at keyradio.live or through our iPhone and Android apps, Key Radio, K-E-Y-K. From the app, click the www globe symbol to see our full site. There you can listen to live radio or call KB during the daily show or see our schedule. And don't forget that beautiful donate button. Then there are menus. Click News Weather to get your daily dose of what's happening. You can also drill down in the Key Radio link to learn all about your favorite shows, make a donation, or sponsor a show. You can also read Bill's blog and follow the social media links and notice how we highlight our sponsors on each page. It's all at your fingertips, whether you have a laptop, tablet, or smartphone. It's all part of how Key Radio KEYK staff wants to serve you. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this TGIF Friday. We've got some college baseball and college softball this weekend. Mizzou Tigers 25-19 and 19 are uh, busy in the middle of a series at home against Ole Miss in SEC play. The MSU Bears, they've been red hot of late, winning 14 of their last 16. They'll open a series on the road against Murray State today. Softball, the Mizzou ladies are 31-22. and 22. They get a series their last regular season series underway today at home against Arkansas and then they start action in the SEC tournament on uh, on the ninth that'll be played in Arkansas the MSU ladies they've won 21 of their last 23 they open a series at Murray State today and then they move in to the Valley tournament that gets underway on Wednesday the 10th in Carbondale Illinois high school baseball today it is 16 and 8 L Elden busy against Fatima and North Callaway in the 
Fulton Tournament. Camdenton is 23-4. They will play at St. Elizabeth, one of the best teams in the state in the lower class schools. That ought to be a pretty good matchup tomorrow. Major League Baseball, the Cardinals have been struggling this year. They'll open a home series against the Tigers today. The Royals, they've been struggling too this year. They'll open a series at home against the A's today. And the Chiefs are into phase two of their off-season workouts. They've got seven new rookies to work into the schedule. The first OTA voluntary workouts will be on the 22nd through the 24th, a little bit uh, later on this month. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including the classic game of the week. That's every Tuesday and Friday night at 8.32. So you can see it tonight. A classic game from recent years, local schools, great matchups. Watch that on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by Adair's Wildlife Removal Service, offering affordable solutions for all of your residential and commercial nuisance animal problems. Adair's keeps the wildlife where it belongs, in the wild. Serving Camden, Miller, and Morgan Counties. Online at adairs-animals.com or call 573-378-8739, 573-378-8739. I'm Bill Mundhausen for Creation Expo. Did God create us to have free will, or are all our choices predetermined? Are we just pawns in a cosmic game, or do our thoughts and actions matter? It's one of those questions we have regarding an all-powerful God. To answer it, I'll quote one of my favorite passages from Deuteronomy chapter 30. It reads, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you might thrive. We're not just playthings for God's entertainment. He wants us to understand the choices before us and to decide to follow him for our own well-being. The question is what believers ought to believe. The world wants to tell us we're victims, that the difficulties we face are because of how we were raised or because of our social status. These may be good excuses, but they don't help us live life to the full. God gives us infinite choices. Choose purposefully. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. Key Radio keeps you in the know. Sunrise Beach Little Theater presents a musical production of Cole Porter's Kiss Me Kate on the evenings of May 10 through the 13th at the Sunrise Beach Community Center. Admission is $20, including dessert and coffee or tea, and you may bring your own bottle and snack. Doors open at 6 p.m. and show at 7. RSVP at 573-836-0934. Message brought to you by Key Radio, KEYK 89.3 FM. We're happy to be the Lake Sounding Board. Community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. We're right back here at 939, and I thank you for joining us on this Friday morning. A, a great weekend ahead of us. You've got the car show. 
You've got some musical events. You've got uh, all kinds of good stuff going on. And then don't forget, next week, the uh, Camdenton Kiwanis Club is having their spaghetti dinner from 4 until 7 at RJ's. You also have the event going on at the Camdenton High School, Lake of the Ozarks Water Safety Council from 8 a.m. until 1 p.m., which is free and open to the public. So a number of different things, and we'll touch on that. And, of course, Bill Federer is in town uh, later tonight, 6.30 until 8. He'll be at the Sunrise Bible Church to speak. Uh, don't want to miss that one. If you get a chance to get over there and see Bill Federer, I highly recommend that you uh, you do that because that is going to be huge. Mr. Federer, we had the opportunity of having him on the program a while back, and he is just a great speaker, and you will learn. I guarantee you, you will walk out of there knowing more than when you walked in. 940 is our time. Let's uh, talk a little bit more about the most recent uh, Camden County Commission meeting. Uh, we got into that uh, whole situation of providing um, security uh, for some of these establishments, like a bar restaurant, like an amphitheater. And so then I guess you're going to get into the situation where maybe uh, other people want it too. So, and, and I don't necessarily know that it's been a, a huge problem, but you run into the manpower issue, obviously. Right. Unfortunately, you run into other uh, issues that you mentioned with the possibility of someone saying, uh, well, uh, maybe this isn't the uh, ideal spot for this particular person to be working because of how it could reflect on uh, the uh, caller. Are you there? Oh, there you are. Uh, how it could uh, reflect on the department for any number of reasons. So we've got a caller on the line. Let's talk about a caller. I appreciate you joining us. You're on The Daily Show. What's up? Good morning, Kevin and Dave. Um, Yeah, you were talking about the Rampart deal, and and Kevin, you asked me in the comments if I thought that it could happen. Right. And I guess my point is, um, you know, nothing against Gators, uh, well, per se, but there is a a pretty pretty well-known or pretty, let's say there's a lot of accusations of some druggings, of uh, date rape. I mean, last summer, I remember specifically there was a girl who was in a beauty contest there, and she claimed that she got her drink directly from a bartender, and uh, allegedly it was drugged, and she woke up just completely out of her gourd. Her friends were on there corroborating her story, Uh, and then all of a sudden, I kid you not, I think there was like a thousand comments on there from all these different women. Some of them, one woman alleged, that she was drugged and she woke up in a room under the establishment and was in there with security guards and felt really uneasy and got out of there as quick as she could, as best as she could. And the thing that I'm saying is I've been hearing about this kind of stuff for as long as I've lived here, but I've never heard of an arrest being made. Well, I've never heard of an undercover investigation. I mean, how hard would it be to send in some real good looking gal, whatever, and two or three people watching her back from all different angles and, you know, buy drinks all night, be careless, uh, you know, leave your drink on the table, just, just and then go test the drinks before she touches them. Go mm-hmm. test them. They, they make kits where you can test for GHB and all these other different date rape drugs. Yet in all this time, there has never been a single arrest that I have ever heard of on any of these instances. Well, and, and that to and, me and is to your, a problem. To your point, um, have any of these women filed charges? I guess that is essentially what. Uh, what Talk else? to some people at the hospital. Okay. Well, I yeah, but yeah, what I, charges I filed? Have. According to officers that I've spoken with, according to officers that I have spoken with, yes, okay. they have. All right. 
And according to the hospital, people that work in the ER, I have friends that work in the ER, it is a pretty regular occurrence. And it's not just there. It happens elsewhere. But um, it tends to get the most heat of it. And to me, it just feels like a real big conflict of interest uh, when you're in a liquor-by-the-drink establishment, when you're in an establishment that has um, a reputation or allegations of drug activity and things like that kind of like Dave said, where's your allegiance lie? And are these guys going to go in there and take care of the actual problem? Because see, those problems that I'm talking about are the true public safety problems. A fight in a bar, I really don't care about that. If those people don't want to press charges amongst each other, then whatever. You don't want to press charges? You don't want to press charges? Shady's, do you want to press charges? No, no, no. Okay. Get out, leave, have a good night, whatever. But the stuff I'm talking about permeates into many different areas. Uh, and, and those are the things that, I, I mean, look at how many opioid deaths we've had or, or fentanyl deaths we've had around here over the last several years. Where is the channels where those drugs are coming in at? Where, where are these things happening? You know, and we had a shooting down there a couple of years ago. And according to the news reports, it sounded like they were all running around like chickens with their heads cut out. Well, and there, oh, there was a sh- there was a shooting on the uh, on this trip as well, and uh, there have been mm-hmm. numerous shootings. and And I think sure. you know we see a lot of this. Uh, a lot more of it comes in from out of the area because as we go into, let's consider, uh, uh, I guess you would call it almost like the off season, so to speak, where things just kind of uh, maybe take a bit of a holiday on the lake because of the weather and things like that. So. Uh, we don't hear about it as much, and then it starts to increase. So, so what do you do? I mean, do you just prohibit these uh, these folks from making extra money and say that uh, we don't want anything to do with it at all, completely and totally? Or, you know, like Dave said, you know, you fill out a form, either you're working at a particular establishment and you write it down like they did when uh, he was out there. Uh, as, as, as a member of the LAPD, or you check off the box that says, no, I'm not working uh, anywhere. I mean, w- w- what do you see as a, as a good way to address the situation? Here, here, here's what I was told, and this is, you know, take it for what you will, but it's from somebody in the know. Uh, up until last year, they would do security at condo complexes, uh, but because of the amphitheater contract and the Shady Gators contract, they don't have the extra, see, they're, when, when you're under a contract, you have an obligation. Mm-hmm. So they are obligated to provide X amount of deputies to both of those places. They don't have the manpower to go anywhere else. They're, that's why they're turning down the condominiums. And like, they're, they're not, that was, was my told, point earlier. Yeah. They're not okay. That was my so point. they really don't. It, it actually is limiting them to just those places. And to me, what is the role of the police? It's the overall public safety of the county, not of Shady Gators. I mean, it feels like Pinkertons, if you're familiar with the Pinkertons, you know, the hired guns of the railroad. Um, And it just, personally, I don't like it, even for the amphitheater. You know, the amphitheater has a private security company. And, you know, to me, it feels like we're subsidizing that private security company. So if a deputy deputy wants to make extra money, they should uh, maybe uh, work at the grocery store or Walmart or something like that, as opposed to working someplace where they might have to insert themselves as far as, uh, you know, some rule or regulation or law being broken, or they might have to arrest somebody or they might have to shoot somebody. You you feel it's more... (laughs) 
likely that then you don't get into the whole insurance issue uh, and, and liability if deputies are essentially just completely and totally out of the uh, the loop having to provide private security as opposed to maybe bagging groceries or getting carts at, at the grocery store. Well, I'm pretty sure that we passed a tax last year that was supposed to alleviate all the money problems in the uh, in the sheriff's department. And I also know that they've got uh, literally over 100 cars. That they, mm-hmm. they feed money. If Tony wanted to pay his people more money, he could cut the fat. He yeah. could cut all the fringe benefits, all the things that they're doing. There's many, many ways that he can get their salaries up. So I don't necessarily buy that excuse. If we can't pay our deputies a livable wage, then that's the core problem. Not If they're having to go out and moonlight right. just to make ends meet, that's a problem with the department. That's not, yeah, I don't buy that. You know, what about as far the, as them being able to do it, and, and to take and and to take this out of let's just let's just change the 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 face of the conversation a little bit. So I work basically a full time job. I also work a, a lot of side hustles, and it's not so much that I need the money as I want the money so that I can have money to do other things and I can only make X amount of dollars where I'm working doing this gig right here that we're we're doing right now. So I wanna see, you know, if I can get extra money because I wanna I wanna buy a truck at the end of the month. Uh, or at the end of the year, or sure. go on a trip, or something like that. Um, uh, you know, and 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 I feel like I make a decent wage. I can live off of it. I can pay my bills, do everything I need to do. But I'd like to have some extra money on the side. What do you tell those people as far as you know the sheriff's department is concerned? If they want to go out and 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 make extra money, or or, or what have you, regardless of right. of whether or not they're making a decent wage, they just feel like they want a little extra money in their pocket. I don't think there's anything wrong with them going out and, and, and moonlighting on their own time, not as a contract obligation with the sheriff's department. Uh, but as Dave said, they need to keep an eye on where they're working right. because there are, right. there and are the, problems. And, and there the, really the, are problems. The problem and, was Tony during this, Tony Helms during this conversation basically said, uh, if they're, if they don't have a uniform and they don't have my car, he said, my car, and they, they, if they got my car and my uniform, there should be a contract. If they're not, I don't think it's any of our business. And I don't think that's correct. He also, I think he should be concerned. He, he needs to know where those guys are, even if they're not in uniform. He needs to know where his guys are working off duty. Well, and he also told the commission, we do all kinds of this stuff that you guys don't know about. Right. And Don Williams, God bless him. He goes, uh, hold on a minute, Tony. You said something that you do all kinds of this that we don't know about. Tony said, yeah. He yeah. said, well, why don't we know about it? Right. No, and he's absolutely true. right. And, you know, Tony's attitude was, it's none of your business. It's none of your business. The commission it has a lot of responsibility for the liability, the insurance, uh, and just overseeing, like Ike said, that everything that we get involved with is a good idea. Well, it's, so, also, it's also interesting, you I know, think, that uh, Tony brought the contract, the sheriff brought the contract to the commission to sign and then when they asked questions about it, he got angry. Well, then why'd you bring it to him? You know, it's like you're the one that yeah, brought the contract the here. Yeah, so obviously they, they're supposed to sign it. You don't want, I wouldn't sign something without reading it and asking some questions. Yeah, I know. That's, that's Tony's attitude. You know, how dare you question me? You don't think I know what I'm looking at? And quite honestly, no, I don't. So... Um, no, I don't mind. Hey, look, everybody should be entitled to hustle as well as they need to. But as back to your point about making extra money, Kevin, uh, as you see in the world over, whether they're a cop or a civilian or whoever, 
the things that people do for money and the links that they'll go to to get the money is is quite often the root of the problem. Right. Um, and when you're involved in a situation where there's a chance for some, you know, bad activity, I don't think that's a good thing. And and to me, that's what I feel like with some of these nightclubs and things yeah. like that. I mean, so essentially, what you're saying, the bus? what you're saying, and I and I'm gonna have to let you go because we've got more that we need to talk with uh, with Dave here. Sure. But sure. Uh, out of sight, out of mind. You know what I mean? Does that is that kind of sum things up as far as you know, if, if, if they're not involved in these places with these people and these types of activities, you're a, a lot better off than if they are. Absolutely. I, I think, and again, the last thing I'll leave you on, the other, when I say conflict of interest, to me, you know, these co- these guys are going out busting all these people in homes, busting all these people with their drug activity, you know, in their own private home. Yet I don't ever hear about any undercover sting busts in operations like some of these businesses where it's pretty well known that, yes, there is some drug activity. You know, it's like they leave it alone. Oh, because it's bad for business. Well, is the law the law? And if it's a drug, if it's if one of these establishments is a drug corridor, then why are you not sending in undercovers to do it? It's because they're paying, you know, if you're being paid, that creates an incentive not to investigate. And I don't like that one bit. Right, and it's also hard to do an undercover operation at a location that's being had security provided by off-duty police because they know everyone. Yeah, I was just going to say <laughs> you can't find likely, a, you yeah. can't find an undercover that they don't know, or they'll pick up on it right away. It's very dangerous to try to send an undercover in when you know that the guys that are providing security. Because we've dealt with this, I've dealt with this in my career. Um, you can get into that kind of blue-on-blue situation where cops suddenly discover that the guy coming in is armed, and they want to know why, and he's an undercover. It can get ugly really quick. Well, there you go, folks. Some uh, food for thought. And I, I don't think we've come to the decision phase yet. I think we're weighing all of the possibilities and all the information, and I think that's obviously very smart. Rather than someone making a uh, a judgment call without uh, weighing all of the information and all the possibilities. I mean, I, I personally think it is going to be tough because, you know, there's a lot of retired police officers that, uh, you know, find security duty doing right. something. And it, it would be tough to tell someone, you can work here, but you can't work here. You can do this, but you can't do that. And especially if it's on their own time. Now, if it's on their own time. Uh, it's tricky, though, because cause you're, you're law enforcement 24-7. Right. That's, That's the, what you said. You know, like it's, uh, yeah, I just. We'll talk, it's like a, that would be like a surgeon moonlighting somewhere else, you well, know? Well, it, but, it, but yeah, it's like, it's kind of like, and I've talked about I it. Yes, maybe. But, it, but it's like when you're, uh, once you become a police officer, your life is going to change forever. You know, my wife knows where I'm going to sit in a restaurant. She knows that when we're talking during dinner or we're out somewhere, I'm clocking everybody that comes in through the front door right. just naturally. Like you just change. You just become a different type of person, sure. you know? So uh, you're just wired once you become a law enforcement officer and you've done it for a certain number of years uh it's it's it becomes like kind of who you are as a you know it's just because you are always technically on the job do you sit with your back to the wall oh yeah sure yeah. absolutely I, I, so the guys in the mafia <laughs> right well i mean mostly i sit where i can see who's coming in and my wife knows like right. when something's going to go down just get low on the ground yeah. i mean she's she's already been coached and she knows exactly what she's do you guys supposed have to like, do. little drills at home we have i've, I've i'll tell like my a fire wife, drill you have a well here's our rule uh, I, 
uh, there's a difference between in our house asking yelling for help or if there's a gun involved like if someone breaks in the house i yell gun yeah i don't yell help because there was a killing up in uh, ventura county where uh the guy the, somebody had broken in the house and the wife yelled for help so the guy stabbing the wife he comes down he had a gun upstairs but he didn't know what she needed him for so he thought like she'd fallen or something he walks down and then the guy stabs him to death where my wife or, or with monica i'll say right now somebody just broke in the house where's the closest gun and she'll be like it's over here or it's right here we just kind of because if you practice that stuff you aren't going to be as shocked when it actually happens. Yeah. And maybe that means I'm super paranoid. <laughs> but, you, I was going to say, do you, you, you find yourself looking over your shoulder? Yeah. Or well, it's looking under your truck before you started? For or us, it's just like, it's just a little thing that we do. It's just, I think it's good to be aware. I don't have time to explain it to her when things are happening. So we try to just talk about it beforehand. Every job presents its own set of circumstances. Right. And then, uh, much like myself, I do everything based on time, so it's nowhere near as elaborate and as involved as being a police officer, but there are certain things that I tell someone. Uh, my son can tell you right now exactly when Dad goes into radio mode what he's going to be doing, how he's going to be doing it, and if I ask him or tell him something, he knows how to react mm-hmm. because he's been around me and been in radio, you know, not well, yeah, he did work in radio for a while, but, um, you know, he, he knows how to react to that. And there's just, yeah, there's certain circumstances that come with somebody. And and the one thing I will say about the shady gators detail, just kind of there, like there is an upside to it. I know there's, there's, they are out in the parking lot. They're actually restricted to the parking lot. I don't think they're supposed to be inside the club. Um, but we, we know that those clubs up there, uh, draw a lot of activity and there's a limited number of deputies that work on Horseshoe Bend. So on busy summer weekends, I think if you talk to the supervisors down there at Horseshoe Bend, they would tell you that they appreciate the fact that they do have deputies assigned to those areas because otherwise all that deputies that were patrolling Horseshoe Bend would constantly be getting called up there on calls where the way it is now, those deputies handle those calls. Mm-hmm. And then you actually have patrol deputies that can work the bend instead of always being up there and having to book bodies or drive people down to Camden County Jail, you know, so there is some advantage, I think, when you've got a a couple clubs that are going to be the source of most of your radio calls during the night, having people physically assigned to that area to handle all that. So there are two, you know, there's two sides to it. It's just, my point is reduce liability by knowing where all your guys, your guys and gals are working Mm. off duty. Yeah. If not, it's irresponsible. So... Well, I guess we will find out in the long run. We'll find out just exactly how all of this plays out. Uh, the goal is, I guess, to have a meeting on the 16th of this month to, uh, I guess, uh, cover all of your bases. Oh. Establish okay. it all. That's what uh, Ike had said when he was in here, that it looks like May 16th they're going to sit down and have a powwow on this and then figure out just exactly what everyone needs to do. Yeah, I'm off. I also don't like the fact that it's mandatory. I'd like one of my things was I'm I'm for it if it, I'm for the deputies getting the extra money as long as it's voluntary. Yeah. But if they're getting drafted to work it, I don't like that because that's, you know, that's not fair for them. So well, some some guys have the time to do it, other guys don't. Other right. guys want to do it, other guys don't. Yeah. And so that just makes all the sense in the world. So I uh, Gather, you're getting ready. Do you have like a your Cinco de Mayo supplies sitting by the door, ready to go out and celebrate Cinco de Mayo? No, I don't. I don't. I did tell Monica to be ready to roll though when I get back. So sombrero and we'll see. Where, maybe you be, I don't know. I don't know if that's a. Can you can you dress like that for Cinco de Mayo? I think you can. 
I don't see anything wrong. I think a fake mustache is too much, but like the sombrero is probably still okay. I'll tell you a story off the air about the fake mustache. (laughs) Thank you, Dave. All right. My pleasure. And uh, we'll see you back here again soon. We'll uh, talk to you on Monday morning, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. Have a great day.